What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Living Room Podcast with Adrienne. I, of course, am your host, Adrienne, and I'm so happy to be here with y'all, okay? By now, y'all got a dip and a taste of season two. I hope that you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed recording it and making all this um, amazing, authentic conversation come to life. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm just so, so happy to be here. And, um, today I have a, a really interesting topic that I want to talk about with you guys. Um, I just, oh boy, let me see, let me breathe. Um, I just think that this particular topic is, a topic that I'm not saying that a lot of people don't talk about, but I'm definitely saying um, it's a topic that I'm not always 100% open about, um, publicly at least, just because I am such a private person and I just value like, I don't know, I just value privacy. I, I often say I think I have like the Beyonce complex because I don't like for my business to be in these streets. Like I like for my blessings to be in these streets. I like for the favor of God shined upon me to be in these streets, but I don't really like putting my business out there in the aspect of like just having to have people know every single thing about me, if that makes sense. Um, so I think the topic today, my goal for it, because with every podcast episode that I do and with everything that I do in my life in general, I have a goal. I have a reason behind it. Um, and it's ultimately for God's will to be done through me. But I definitely want people to leave this episode feeling empowered, feeling confident, feeling strong, feeling resilient, um, and just knowing that um, all things work together according to God's purpose and plan for our lives. And sometimes getting to that purpose and plan that he has for us can be rocky. It can be unpredictable. It can be stuff that we didn't think that we would want to go through. Definitely can be stuff that we don't think we can go through. Um, so that's what I just want this episode to be about. Um, so if you haven't been able to tell already, or if you haven't read the name of the episode, we're talking about life after divorce. Um, as a lot of you know, um, if you've been listening to me since the very first episode, or if you've caught any of the previous episodes I've recorded, you know that I'm a mom, you know that I'm a business owner, I'm a sister, I'm a partner, I'm a friend, I'm all these good things, but I am also a divorcee. I think is how it's correctly pronounced. Um, I've been divorced and I want to share my journey um, in a very transparent way enough to help the next person who may be going through this or to help someone who's in that weird process of not knowing, you know, what they want to do. Um, full disclaimer, I'm not pushing anybody to get divorced. I'm not advocating for divorce. Um, I believe that relationships and marriages are hard work. And I know that it takes two people to make a unit work. Um, and ultimately, in order for a unit to work, you have to have the spirit of God in that. So I'm not edging, yes, girl, leave him, divorce him, or yeah, bro, you need to leave. That's not what this episode is about. This episode is just to be as transparent as I can and to just share a, a limelight of what I experienced and what I went through because ultimately that's my purpose that's what i believe my purpose is is for me to take all of my life experiences that god has placed me through and put me through and share them with other people so i can inspire them or help them in whatever way that is necessary everything in this episode is not going to be applicable to everybody everything is not going to apply and that's okay but if there's anything that you can take from it please continue to listen and take whatever you can from it um so to get started, I'm going to do a fun little would you rather, 
okay, with myself and with y'all. So you can just take some time. I'm going to say it out. You think about what your answer would be. Have a conversation with the person next to you or have a conversation back to me. Like we right there in a the room together because that's what the living room is all about, honey. Okay. The living room is all about vibes, feeling connected, feeling like we are right here with each other. All right. Um, so the first would you rather is would you rather stay single or remarry? Um, me personally, I 1000% would rather remarry, um, just because two is better than one. Um, and the Bible also tells us, you know, this, this is more so about prayer, but when two or three are gathered together, he will always be in the midst, but I carry that with my relationships. And I say that, you know, if God is in this, then he's going to be, you know, this relationship is going to thrive. Like he's going to be there if we both feel the way we should feel. Um, and then the Bible also says that when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and he receives favor from the Lord. So I, ultimately and essentially I am somebody's favor. Um, I am what, you know, I'm a part of that favor attached to the man that's meant for me. You know, when he finds me, not when I find him. Okay. Ladies, I'm gonna run it back and I'm gonna say it again. When a man finds a wife, not when a woman goes out and find a man and try to become a wife. When a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and he receives favor from the Lord. Um, so definitely would want to remarry. Um, and I love love. Okay. I am a certified lover girl in the best way possible. Not the one that Drake was having everybody advertised to be. I love love. It it makes me happy. Okay. I love to love. I love to be loved. So I personally would 1000% remarry. Um, date many or court one. This question may more so be angled towards a man because typically men are the ones to court a woman. Um, but playing devil's advocate, I would just rather court one. Like where I am in my life right now and the amount of growth that I've experienced, I realize the power and the seriousness behind spirits that are attached to people. And when we attach ourselves to spirits that God didn't designate for us, the damage that it can do on your life. And I don't have time to be out here going through the alphabet, trying to figure out which one is going to make me happy on what day of the week and getting all these extra spirits attached to me because... I'm in a season where I'm just simply trying to elevate my life, elevate in the Lord, elevate in my business, elevate in my relationships, elevate in life, like full blown elevation is all I'm trying to do. And I can't have all these spirits running around with me. Um, so definitely just court one. And it's so crazy because I've never been a person to really want to date a lot of people now full transparency because we are in the living room there was a particular time where I thought it was cute and it was what was up to have a bunch of people being down my block trying to get you know a couple minutes with the girl and me thinking like oh okay I got you here I got you there I got you here for this time like when I was younger I definitely had a phase where I thought that was cute but like I said when you grow and you go through things and you just realize that it's it's far more far more special to be wanted by one compared to lusted by many um, because anybody can lust after you but to really be wanted in someone want to know you want to be with you that's far more rewarding and just that's a feeling of wholeness um, that I think that everybody should get to experience in their life but to each his own so if you said you want to date many guess what not kicking you out the living room. You can stay seated down. We can have a conversation. Um, but that would be my preference. Um, the next one says, date a friend or your ex's enemy. Mm, now, this is shady. By the way, I made all these up. <laughs> um, date a friend or your ex's enemy. I feel like this one is like, a double-edged sword because dating friends and when I say when I wrote this and I put date a friend I was talking about like 
somebody you have been friends with forever and then y'all find this romantic situation in it and y'all you know end up indulging in it um not like the basis of oh we were friends first and then not that kind of basis um or your ex's enemy I'm gonna be honest this is a good one it's so crazy because I made this and I just stumped myself like I'm stumbled right now on which one I would pick because I think it's a double-edged sword because if you're dating your friend, nine times out of 10, you probably think you know everything about that person. You probably think you know everything about that person. But one thing about friendships is that you never really know your friend for real because it's always a side of you or a side of them that they're never going to expose because we're human. By human trait, that's what humans do. Um, they never really let the the left hand know what the right hand is doing. There's always something that people can keep bedded away in a dark layer and you never know it's there. Um, so I think it's dangerous to date a friend because you find tendencies and you see things in them that it's like, oh my God, I never knew you blew your nose like that or something real deep. Like I never knew you didn't really know how to manage money for real. Like this is every day for you being broke. I thought this was just a, a happy hour kind of situation. Um, so it's it's tricky to date a friend and it's super tricky in today's climate to date an ex's enemy because you don't know what either other party is thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like you're dating your ex's enemy, they can be indulging in you to piss off your ex-partner. Like, it's dangerous. It's very slippery situation. I don't know if I would indulge in in either one of these completely, to be honest with you. Um, but for the purposes of the flow of the show and the way that this is supposed to be, because if I had a guess, I would kind of make them pick one. So I'm going to hold myself accountable. I'm going to say date a friend. Um, just because I think the ex's enemy thing, it's, it's too complicated. It's too tricky. Quite frankly, I'm grown. I don't have time for it because nine times out of 10, if I didn't like my ex, I'm not going to like you either because y'all were friends and y'all were, no, y'all were like-minded in some kind of way and that didn't work. So I don't want to indulge in that. I'd rather take my chances on a friend <laughs> and then just cross my fingers and hope it works if if I were in said situation. Um, the last one, last would you rather before we get into this topic is one night stand or lifelong commitment um off the top lifelong commitment um I've never indulged in a one night stand before I don't know what that life is about um but hey to each is on I think some people get in one night stands and they end up you know blooming and blossoming a very beautiful relationship I'm instantly reminded of whenever I was watching the impact and um Jada was talking about her and little baby and she was saying how like on the first night she and he had intercourse and granted that probably wasn't a great example because look where they are now but still they ended up being together for a couple years had a kid you know it's to each his own whatever floats your boat you do but personally me I would rather a lifelong commitment because after so many one night stands with different people, you just, it's not for me. Um, it, it, it's not for me, but anyways, moving on. Um, so like I said, we're talking about life after divorce. Um, this is, this is a exciting topic for me to talk about because I, I've, I have grown exponentially since my divorce um as a person as a partner just it's just amazing how situations and triumphs that you go through you you don't see it while you're in it that a victory is going to come but essentially after there's a victory after it um and I don't talk a lot about that victory that I personally experience with it I, I joke around about it oftentimes um just because I am so happy, I'm in a happy space, so it's okay for me to, you know, make light of it. But it's a serious situation. Um, people go through it, and they don't come out on the other side with a smile. Like I've been blessed and, and fortunate enough to be able to do, and I, I'm very thankful for that. I don't take that for granted. And if anyone listening to this is going through divorce or has been through one or anticipating it or going through a breakup, even I don't want to make it seem like I'm 
taking light of a heartbreak or a transition, but I'm just saying that there is joy on the other side of every bad situation. You know, there there is peace and there's comfort. Um, and and I just really want whoever that is for to really hear that and really feel that um, because it's true. Um, but when I think about divorce, I think that oftentimes some people may think like, okay, well, what was your family dynamic like? Like, this is going to be a good episode because I want to kind of go towards the beginning of it of it all get to the root of it um for me personally um i grew up in a household where my mom and my dad were married my mom and my dad were married for an umpteenth amount of years um and then eventually they separated and divorced and they went their separate ways um however luckily today to god be the glory my parents have a very amicable relationship um and I think that that just also goes to show growth and maturity after tough, you know, situations and triumphs. It's, it's possible to to get to a better place, you know, individually and with the other person. Um, so I think that I think that that's amazing and that that's beautiful. Um, but my family dynamic um, growing up, like I said, my mom and dad, they were married. My mom had children when her and my dad met so we had a blended family um so my family dynamic growing up it was very stable it wasn't like I came from a broken home um and I didn't know who my daddy was or you know something like that like some people were you know they're not fortunate to say that you know they've had both parents but I did I did experience that and something that I'm always very vocal about and I always say is that Whenever I got married, I didn't really have a blueprint or an expectation of what I wanted marriage to be like for me or what I even thought marriage should be. And it wasn't because I didn't grow up around it, because as I just said, my mom and my dad were married um, and it was there. (laughs) Like the dynamic was there. I think me as an individual, I didn't make a conscious effort to associate marriage, what I was seeing with marriage, with what I would want one day, which rightfully so, why would I be, you know, as a kid growing up? Um, And then, like I said in a previous episode is that I personally feel like my mom and my dad separated when I needed both of them the most. Um, So I think that was like the thing about it. Um, But ultimately speaking, I was around a marriage. I had seen a marriage. Um, So I don't think that my family dynamic really personally had a huge impact on my divorce. But I would say that me choosing to divorce definitely was um, like that intersection point for me. Like I was at a stop sign, at a four-way stop sign, and I could go either direction. Um, and it was up to me to choose what I wanted to do. Um, and ultimately I chose divorce. Um, I, I wanted it. (laughs) I filed for it. I paid it. I did it because it was what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, that's what kind of, you know, just me making that decision of getting to that place, not necessarily what I have been through or what I had seen that led me to it. It was just me making that decision, that choice, but my family dynamic was pretty cool for the most part. I feel like, you hear so many crazy stories about what people go through now and it's like, oh, wow, dang, I didn't have to go through that. I didn't experience that and I'm blessed, you know. Um, so, yeah, um, I was married for, let me see, three three years and six months legally. Um, and I div- my divorce was official closer towards like the end of that six month period in those three years. Um, and I have been divorced for, uh, let me see, let me do the math. Y'all I'm more of an English girl. Let me see. Almost about the same amount of time. That's crazy. Um, so yeah. Um, and I think that I have grown, oh my gosh, literally have grown so much 
during the entire transition, like the the transition of starting the process or even before starting it, the, the transition started for me when I made the decision that I was going to do it all the way up until this point. Like I've just been constantly growing um, in so many different ways and in ways that I feel like if I was still married to that person, I wouldn't be growing in. Um, and I don't think it was necessarily because of them. But like I said, the power of spirits attached to you is so significant. So who we choose to spend our time with, who we choose to be around, it's so significant, so significant, sorry, to details in our lives that sometimes we don't realize and we don't see the the major effect of it, but it's there, y'all. It's there. Um, but yeah, so basically what led me to divorce, like I said, I was at that intersection of my life where I knew I wanted more. I knew that I wanted better. And I knew that the only way for me to really get it was if I stepped out on faith and if I did the unthinkable. Um, and a big thing for me, a hard thing for me is always doing the unthinkable because I'm afraid of what the turnout is going to be. I'm afraid. I'm so sorry. My kid just closed the door. So I know y'all going to hear that. Um, I'm so afraid of what the turnout is going to be. I'm afraid of what the, the the resolution is, the unknown. It bothers me sometimes. But the more I grow in Christ, I realize that that's what's called faith. The unknown in, in spiritual text and spiritual language is faith. Um, so I, I have to have faith. Um, so it was me just making that decision and that choice of choosing to choose better and not know how it's going to be or be in a situation and not know if it's going to get better. You know, and I can't speak for anybody else, but for me personally, living in a situation not knowing if it's going to get better is very weary for me. <laughs> like, I'd rather just step out there and risk it all than be in something and be miserable and, and not know if it's ever going to get better. And I think that's just where free will comes in, that you have to be smart. And you have to choose when to use your free will that people so proudly talk about having. Um so that was the big thing for me internally. You know, it was just, I know I want better. I know I want more. I know I deserve more. This beautiful life that I've just given birth to and God has blessed me with deserves more. Um, so that was the internal part of me that led me to making my decision to divorce. The external part of me was what I could see. The situation that I was in, the person that I was dealing with, their actions, it was evident. <laughs> it the internal didn't even have to be enough or make sense because the external spoke volumes um and it was just like girl what the heck what are you why why are you here what what are you like it just made sense um but I digress um so yeah that was that it was it was just basically me choosing to want better and do better you know in my life um I didn't necessarily experience any major grief in my divorce. And when I say grief, I mean being low, being heartbroken about the the divorce itself. Um, because I know people do experience that. I hear stories where people really do experience true heartbreak because of it, um, because of, you know, losing that said person or, you know, everything crumbling down. Y'all, I'm not even saying this to be funny. But there was nothing more freeing and rewarding that I have felt thus far in my life than the day I got in my car, I turned it on, and I backed out of the parking spot of my apartment that I had at the time. And I dropped those keys off to the leasing office. I felt so free. And I'm going to tell you just how free I felt. For those of you who have ever been baptized, that feeling you get immediately after where you know all your sins and all your uh, discrepancies are, are wiped away and you are like, come back right now and get me because I know I'm going to make it to the gates. Y'all, that's how free I felt um, because I was in so much bondage in that situation and in that relationship and that environment and it was just dark and cloudy and just overwhelmingly bad for me um 
and this is just my perspective on it and I'm being as transparent as I can. And, and that's just all that I can do is be transparent. Um, so I didn't feel any grief. I didn't feel any grief about the divorce itself. I think for me, my grief came from that unknown because it was like, okay, I've made the decision to do what I'm going to do, but I don't know what's on the other side of the door. And I don't even know if I would necessarily associate that feeling with grief. I think I might just put that as worriness, you know, being worried about it. But y'all, I felt so free. It's like the episode on Grey's Anatomy for anybody who watches Grey's Anatomy with the, um, I think it was the semen episode when the boy came in and he had the crush who he he basically did like this dare for and her friends. Like if y'all follow me and you know what I'm talking about and you watch Grey's Anatomy, you know what episode I'm talking about. When they took that last piece of cement off of him and he was able to just breathe, child, let me tell you, that's, that's what I felt like um, because I was just like, whew, like, yes, this is, this is it. And then it was a feeling of just being worried, but it wasn't really grief. So I don't know. Um, and, and then basically for the feeling that I did feel the way I basically managed it was just taking it day by day, um, taking it day by day, associating myself with things that I knew I wanted my life to be like in the next chapter of my life and getting familiar with that environment because I was so worn down and, and drained with the environment I had left out of to where I had to reassociate myself with the new. That's a word for somebody. I feel it in my spirit. I don't know who it is, but I think that you, you're trying to stay in this environment where you, you don't really fit and you need to be in a new environment. And, and it's, it's weird because you're trying to be in this new environment and associate yourself with the old environment. And it doesn't work that way. I, I don't know who it's for, but I'm, I'm just, it's, it's, it's there. <laughs> um, so thank you, Jesus. Um, so yeah, I was I was stuck in in my new environment and I was trying to reassociate myself. So, you know, I was I was doing everything that I could to implement the life I knew I wanted. Um and that started with just small things, you know, taking myself on on self-care dates whenever I I, I did therapy. Uh, that was one thing my therapist always said to me, self-care is important. Um taking my daughter on dates, getting active and doing things with her and and just even if it was something very simple, just taking those moments to make my day look like what I wanted it to look like. And that was happiness. That was peace. That was joy. You know, I did those things. That's how I managed it. And ultimately, I prayed. I prayed. I prayed. And there were times where I cried. I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, I was just invincible going through a divorce. I cried. Um, but a lot of those tears that I shed, they were happy tears and they were tears of relief and they were tears of, Lord, I thank you because your word is true and your word is faithful and you bring me out of something that I put myself in and you rescue me. Um, so I, I did. I cried. Um, and and it was refreshing. It was refreshing to cry because I knew why I was crying. It wasn't like when I was in the situation and I was just crying to be crying and I didn't know why. It was a cry with a purpose. Thank you, Lord. It was a cry with a purpose. It was a cry with a declaration attached to it. It was a cry with a prayer being answered. It was a cry. Um, so, yeah, that's what I did. That's how I managed it. That That is literally what I did to manage it. Um. And then let's see, let me see another question I had on here. How do you believe people should operate after divorce with kids and without who? Um, I think that people should operate ultimately in what is best fitting for the environment. Um, society loves to paint this picture like, oh my God, um, co-parenting is, is so beautiful and it's so healthy and, and it could be. It can be, but if the environment isn't set for that, don't push that narrative. Don't force that to be a reality if it's not the reality that God has upon your plan and your situation. And I think that that's an ugly truth that people don't want to hear, but it's something that we have to accept. Everybody isn't meant to necessarily co-parent peacefully and successfully together. And that's just a God honest truth, regardless of how we feel about it, regardless of what we think. It's a reality. Um. 
Because keep in mind, if you guys could co-parent so peacefully and so harmoniously together, why are you not still together? Okay. Um, and, and I'm not saying that people should just be together for kids. I don't want that to get mistaken, but I'm saying that there was a disruption in the communication or in something there that didn't cause that to work. So don't think that something else is going to work just because you rearranged the puzzle. But anyways, anyways, um, I think in a perfect land, which doesn't exist, people should definitely be able to operate amicably. Um, I think with any situation, there should always be respect. Um, and, and, and that's what I'm really big on as an individual, um, especially with my situation there, there should always be a thing of respect. And I think when there's a lack thereof of respect, no matter what somebody may feel like they're old or feel like they deserve, if you disrespect my boundary, if you disrespect my peace, if you disrespect my sanity, if you disrespect anything dealing with what I can control and what I can protect, the access will not be granted. Um, if you fail to do your part, the access will not be granted. Um, so ultimately I think it's based on the environment. Like I said, my, my mom and dad, they split and I don't think right off the top they had this situation that they have now. Um, I think that there was a period of time where maybe they didn't speak to each other for whatever reason. I don't know. I was a kid who stayed in a kid's place, which nowadays we don't really have in this society. Children love to jump in the front seat and they supposed to almost be in the trunk. Um, but I stayed in my place. So I really don't know a lot about that. And I think that's something that is important, though. I'm glad that, you know, I said that because oftentimes parents involve the children in situations where they don't need to be involved. And parents overshare with their kids stuff that they don't need to share. And I'm so grateful and thankful that my father protected me. And I wasn't able to see or hear those conversations that he and my mom were having during their transition and even after it. I don't know. Um, to this very day, I haven't heard my mom degrade my father in any way. I haven't heard my father degrade my mother in any way that was like just the things that we hear and we see in our society today, I didn't experience that. And I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful because the fact that I wasn't able to experience that is something that I'm carrying on with my kid. Um, the lack thereof of her biological father, will she will never be known to it from word of mouth by me. We will never be sitting at a table and I directly and openly and repeatedly degrade this person. Um, because that's not that's not what I'm here for. That's not why God has me here. Um, now, my daughter is very smart. So in her particular situation, she already know what's what. She know what's one plus one. And she know that three is not the answer. Um, so she won't be fooled. But it's not my position to, to do that for her. Um, so if there are any people out there listening to this who have a tendency or a habit of degrading the the other parent of your child, whether it's the father or the mother, please don't do it. Don't don't do that in front of your children. Save these babies from that. They don't need to experience that. They don't need to know why. They don't, them kids don't need to know that. Okay. Um, if it's something that you feel like you just really have to say, record yourself on your phone just to say it and delete it and get rid of it. You don't need to say that to your children. Um, I think that we should do a better job of having children stay in children's place. And I think it just starts with how the parent communicates. Um, so yeah, people should operate the way that's best fitting for the environment in their situation. Because if it's something aggressive and domestic, of course, you don't want to deal with a crash dummy. Um, you want to do whatever is best for you. Um, but just moving on from that, um, divorce has changed me, man. Divorce has changed me tremendously. And I am very thankful for all of those changes. Um, through my divorce, I have been able to take a look at myself and really 100% self-reflect on um, inconsistencies that I didn't realize I had um, as an individual. I'm not talking about as a wife in that marriage. I'm talking about as an individual. Um, there were things about me that I wish that, which I'm not going to say I wish that I had known because I'm happy God put me through that and brought me to this place because it's made me who I am. Um, 
but it's allowed me to see now just changes that I need to make um in 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 myself um I think that's the the biggest beauty about divorce if you really do it the right way and you really understand it it's ultimately a lesson just like any anything else that we experience in life it's a lesson that you you have to learn you have to do you have to get through it um so I have been able to understand the areas in which I need to grow as an individual in order for anything else in my life to work out. Um, and I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm very thankful for that. Um, that's the internal change I've experienced with divorce. The external change is is abundant. I'm just so much happier and appreciative of life and just everything is just I'm blessed. <laughs> you know, that's that's really honestly and truly that's really all I can say. Like I'm I'm literally blessed, man. Like it's amazing how that crazy situation and this bad thing that everybody talks about sometimes and is afraid to talk about other times is like blessing and rewarding me to this day, today. Like God is good. Y'all, God will really blow your mind. Um so yeah, um and, and and I've noticed that there is a trend. Um, we hear about it. We see it on the blogs all the time with divorces or breakups where it turns into hatred. And I can honestly and truly say I have no room of hatred in my heart for the other person. Um, I don't have any room for hatred in my life. I can't hate anybody because, man, again... I'm blessed. <laughs> God has blessed me way too much to ever hold hate in my heart. Um, but one thing that I can say is that the thing about divorce, it's just, it's really given me that extra layer of a backbone um, to stand up for myself and, and stand up for my peace and my sanity and not even my peace and my sanity, but my daughter's peace and my daughter's sanity. So I don't have any hatred in my heart and I really don't understand why um, some people do allow such situations to overpower them that much. Because one thing that I know about hate is that it's not something that overwhelms you. It's something that you let overpower you. And there is nobody in this world, on this earth, today or tomorrow, that's going to have that much power over me that I hate them. Because nah, baby, we ain't even going, we ain't even going down like that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I ain't doing it. <laughs> You're not going to have that power over me. Um, Listen, like I said, one plus one wasn't two here, and that's okay. I'm going to wipe my hands. We're going to do what we got to do, but I'm not going to hate you and take one plus one with me and keep trying to figure out why you didn't get the answer to be two. I'm not doing that. I'm moving on. So if you are in a situation where you are... So if you are in that place in your life where, you know, you're going through a, a breakup or a bad situation, please don't let it overpower you. Please don't let it get the best of you and ultimately deter you or keep you from getting to where God has for you quicker. Um, don't don't do that to yourself. Don't don't set yourself up for that kind of, you know, failure or um, uh, off putting in your life. Don't do that. Um, would I ever get married again? Yes. Yes, yes, I cannot sing. I thought I could in high school, but yes, um, like I told y'all before, I would definitely remarry. Um, love is beautiful. Um, and like I said, it's far better to be wanted than to be lusted over. And I am at a phase and in a place in my life where God is continuing to bless me and show things to me and just grant me a huge amount of favor and I'm I'm thankful of it and if you guys do not have a relationship with God I'm telling you you really need to get one um and you really need to really know him for yourself so you can experience it but it's amazing how getting connected and aligned with the Lord has trans has transferred and translated into other areas of my life where the blessings are just God is in it. Um, so yes, ma'am, I would definitely get married again. And yeah, I would do it. <laughs> I, I that's that's all I'm gonna say about that. I would do it. Um my experience moving on after divorce, um, and if y'all haven't been able to tell by now, I'm 
I've, I'm going off of a transcript here. So yeah, um, my experience after it, I'll be honest, when I first immediately finished it, I didn't think I would ever get married again. Um, I didn't think that I would ever be open to it. I thought that at that point, I would just completely solely focus on me, focus on my daughter, and it would just be me and her. Um, but like I said, when you get to know God and you get to have that relationship with him, um, and the Bible tells us our plans are not his plans. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. So what I thought was going to be a reality, um, that might not be in the cards for me. Um, so I don't know what's ahead of me, but I know that what I went through, it made me feel like I would never want to get married again. It made me feel like I would never even want to date again, to be quite honestly with, you know, honest with you. Um, but I'm open to it. Okay. Like I am open. Listen, Lord, if you want to send me a husband, definitely by all means do it. Um, but my experience, you know, afterwards, it was definitely the contrary of that. Didn't, wasn't with it. <laughs> Zero out of 10 recommended. Um, but now I, I realize that it's not about what you do, but more so sometimes who you do it with and how you do it. Um, and, and that's just where I am in my life with, with that. Um, I feel like sometimes divorce can be perceived a little differently from women to men. Um, because I think women, and this is just something that I'm, I'm saying is a thought. I don't know this to be true. I think oftentimes women, we make decisions, you know, emotionally and, and based off of how we feel and, and experiences that we've been through. And, and men just do stuff to do it. <laughs> they do stuff sometimes just to say they did it or because the grass was green that day. Um, so I do think that divorce is perceived differently. Um, and I also think that that might be the reason why there are a high amount of divorces compared to marriages. There's 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 a high amount of people ending it and walking away from it all because perception and perspective, as I've said before in, in a previous episode, perspective is everything. So how people see things and approach things, it can make or break a situation and it, it can make or break, um, you know, how a person handles something or feels about something because it's, it's, it's that perspective and that's where that communication comes in it. So I definitely feel like it's perceived differently. And I don't know if it will ever be something where people are able to be on one accord with it. Because like I said, if you guys were able to be on one accord, you wouldn't be in the situation. Um, and granted, people do grow and sometimes with growth, you grow apart. But if the communication is there and the perspective is there, then ultimately you should be able to work through anything because that's what a marriage is. It's being able to work through anything if, if you're both willing and able to do so. Um, so I think that that's important for people to realize. Um, and like I said, going back to the first thing I spoke about, which was the family dynamic, I think sometimes people's um, upbringing can also play a role on decisions that they make in their marriages and in newfound relationships or even with parenting. I feel like, you know, people sometimes go with the idea of, well, my mama did it this way, so that's how I'm going to do it. Or my daddy did it this way, that's how I'm going to do it. Or even for some people who were raised by their grandparents, my grandparent did it this way. So that's how I'm going to do it, you know, and then you keep implicating that and it keeps going and going and going and you realize you're doing the same thing and you're going to get the same result, you know. So for some people, their, their upbringing and their background can also have an effect on it. But what I want people to do more of specifically people of color and it's not to shortchange any of my listeners who are not african-american descent um grateful thankful for you to be here hello um but what i want for people of color to do more of is realize that a generational curse is only a curse if you choose it okay generational curses don't just show up at your front door and pop out and say i'm here so you have to keep me it's there if you choose it. So we have to do better at making decisions that are going to elevate us instead of decline us or keep us stagnant in the same position. Um, and ultimately, that's going against the grain of what mama said you were supposed to do or what mama did. Not to say anybody's mama didn't know, but think about it. They probably got that from their mama. 
because that's all she knew from her mama. Like it goes on and on. And I think that that's the thing about um, divorce that some people don't really realize is that the the picture is kind of painted. It's up to you if you want to paint the same picture. Um, so like I said, and it's also about perspective, you know, my perspective for choosing it was, I want more, I want better. I don't know what the other person's perspective could be for not delivering them more in the better. Who knows? Don't know if they have one. I don't know that that's not, that's not my, my story to find out because I'm past it. But like I said, perspective is important and knowing, you know, it, it, it can make all the difference. Um, so, yeah, I think for me personally, it wasn't about my upbringing. It was kind of just life happenstance. Life happened. I made a decision and I chose. And, um, yeah, I think that it's a situation where people, you just have to grow from it. Ultimately, you know, you have to grow from it and you have to choose to do better. Um, and with choosing to, to do better, this is something that I'm going to probably lose a couple people. When you're choosing to do better, oftentimes going back is not better. Okay. I'm going to say that again. When you choose to do better, oftentimes going back is not better. Because one thing that my father has instilled in me and ingrained in my head, and this is one of those things where I say, well, daddy said this, so this is this. But this one, I'm telling y'all. This is a principle and a fact that I do live by. When you leave a situation because of how bad it was and you go back to it, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse because going back to said situation, especially, especially, let me say this as a disclaimer, especially when God has not anointed your feet to go back, when you just go back on your own because you want to be like um, Jonah. Yeah, when you do it by yourself and you that's when that well swallows you up and you be stuck in it. But it does not get better because the other party, the other spirit, you have to think about this in your spirit realm if you can with me. If you're not spiritual and you don't know God, I I feel bad for you because you're going to miss something that I'm about to say right here. But if you can stick with me, just stick with me. When you go back that spirit you give it power and it intensifies and it's going to be so bad, much worse than how it was when you left it. So a lot of people think if I leave and I teach them a lesson and I do this and I do that, then they're going to get it. No, ma'am. No, sir. They just now see that they have power over you and a little control over you. You don't you didn't really prove anything by leaving for a little bit and going back. Um and and that's just something that I wish that people would get, especially, especially in domestic situations um, where, you know, it's just bad and dangerous because oftentimes those situations can end, you know, either with a fatality or just a very traumatic experience. And nobody got time for that. It's too much life out here to live. Um so definitely don't go back, if, especially if God hasn't anointed it. Now, if God has anointed it and led the path and gave you clear indication and sign, don't tell God, well, Adrienne from the Living Room Podcast with Adrienne told me not to go back. Don't put my name in that conversation, okay? If God anoints the path and leads you back, by all means, go because God knows everything. He knows far away more than I will ever declare to know. Um, but if God ain't in it, don't do it to yourself. Don't. If God ain't in it, don't be in it either. Um, so definitely just think about that. Um, I wouldn't go back, though, to answer my own question in this interview. If I had the option to go back, would I? No. Negative. And I'm going to be so much so honest and so transparent with you. If God anointed the way, which I know there is no book of life where he would ever do that for me, because um, that is not on my prayer list, I would have... I would have to have a conversation with him and be like, look, <laughs> you've been way too good to me away from Egypt. You know, like you've, 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 you've done, you've done a lot for me um, away from that. So let's, let's talk about this. Let's make sure you got the right person lined up in the deck of cards. Um, but yeah, I just, 
be careful if you're in if you or if you're in a hard place and you're thinking you know you don't know if you want to stay or you want to leave let me tell you something um a double-minded a double-minded man is never good and that's in the bible meaning you can't be lukewarm you have to be hot or cold you can't stick your foot in and stick your foot out and try to figure it out you have to pick a slide so if you're in that place where you don't know what to do don't make a decision out of haste pray about it seek counsel seek god um do whatever you need to do to align yourself better with the right move and right direction but don't just step out and just you know do something take your time and come to that conclusion um but try not to delay it but anyways that's another thing for another thing um and the last thing just to to really wrap this up uh what has helped me grow and evolve as a person the most y'all ready for this you ready for it divorce <laughs> divorce has helped me grow and evolve um a lot as a person um because this was the first real life experience that i had to go through as an adult and nobody could save me nobody could save me not my mom not my dad not my grandmother not my group message nobody could save me from it it was literally my relationship with god the prayers that i had to pray the tears that i had to shed the isolation i had to feel the uncomfortableness the unknown um from divorce that shaped me and molded me um to be here on this this platform sharing with you life after divorce because listen to this and, and i don't know if you guys have registered it or clicked with it but the topic and the name of this episode is life after divorce and i'm gonna tell you i did that for a reason because there is life after divorce okay you hear me it there's life after divorce and it, it won't always be bad it won't always be you know um unknown in time god will reveal all if you just trust him believe him and seek him in everything you do allow him to light your path and he will show you everything so for anybody in that situation going through that feeling confused just trust me and believe with me that god is able and he will do what he said he will do um until next time y'all stay safe peace